Hey everybody, it's me, J-Caps. Uh, World According to J-Caps is the name of this podcast. This is the third time I'm starting it over because, I don't know, I think that I get, I, I start, start to psych myself out and I don't know why, but I think I'm going to hold on to this episode, uh, and if I don't, then there won't be an episode this week because I, or maybe I'll just do it tomorrow, but that's how we're starting off on the world according to J-Caps. <sighs> All right, so I was, I, uh, I went out to shoot uh, part of the horse episode, the part that I haven't shot yet, which was an, an outdoor part, and I shot it. It was very hard because I, I was, I, my, my gimmick in the scene was that I was playing basketball while I was talking to the camera. And I had my camera set up where it was on like follow, following mode, which was like working out great. And I went out and it was so exhausting. It was so exhausting to actually dribble a ball and talk at the camera that I exhausted myself like seven times. And I also was like, shit, maybe I should start doing cardio a lot. Just so, just because like, I couldn't believe how exhausted I got. It's very, very, very hard to even pretend to play basketball. And I I don't recommend it. I don't I did not like it. I wouldn't do it again. I'm glad I did it for the bit. But it's too hard. I mean, or I have to just get onto a treadmill. Not that I'm out of shape, but dude, it was so intense. So, in any case, I I shot this part and I'm just gonna, you know, I got the footage back to the computer and I'm I'm a little bit scared because I don't think it's that good. It really bummed me out because I haven't done an episode in a year and this new episode it's like it's turning long. And I'm like, fuck, dude, did I have I lost my mojo with the show? Should I just not put this episode out because it would not be as good? I mean, I'm only like less than halfway finished with it, but at the rate it's going, it's turning out to be like a seven-minute episode. Sucks. So, so yeah, like I'm ending the night, and honestly, this is a terrible way to start the podcast, but I'm ending tonight because I did this all today. Uh, I'm ending tonight on a little bit of like a bummed out note, which sucks. So, that's, so yeah, like, um, I, I also, so, so I worked on that, and then, um, I had a meeting with Mares and the person who we, uh, I don't know if you guys know this, some, most people know this, who, who actually listen to the show, but I used to have a web series with, uh, my friend Mares, and we, um, we didn't have the money to make the gigantic script that we made. It's not a gigantic script. It's like a regular 88-page script, but it would just cost an impossible amount of money. So we had a conversation with our team, with me, Mares, and the other guy who was going to be the director and really helped us a lot. And it was weird because just the, like the vibe of it was, I guess in a weird way, mirroring this issue that I'm having with grading animals, it's like they're like Marianne and I weren't like dying to jump into anything head first 
right away. It was like, you know, this whole thing was a a wave that, you know, and not necessarily in a bad way, but kind of crashed because of life and because of money and the pandemic and just figuring shit out. And it's like, if we take temperature of where we're at, we don't want to dive into a huge project that's going to be, I don't know, like super encompassing and require, I don't know, the the amount of total uh, just brain power, heart power. And so these two things happen today. That and the shoot and checking out the footage and being like, what the fuck am I doing? Is this any good? And at least for the, at least for like, uh, I guess like, so I'm, so I'm ending the day on this feeling of, damn, like where, where are my creative pursuits at right now? I guess like, it's just a, it's just taking a L. It's just taking an L and feeling like taking an L for the day is, um, is a little more than like it should be valued because right now things are pretty good. I'm, I'm like not in a terrible place in life. Um, but I'm just a little pissed off that these two things worked out the way they worked out. So damn, I hope that I, I really feel, I, I just want to apologize everyone. I know that that's, this is a v- terrible way, terrible way to start the episode. But at the same time, I think it's good for me to, come here and express myself and be genuine be genuine not genuine with a question mark at the end of it genuine definitively i don't know what the next creative um expression that i'm going to come out with will be uh i don't feel like i feel like in a i think i probably said this like every episode but i feel like i'm in a sort of limbo and I think when I think about that I haven't put an episode of Grading Animals out in a year, maybe there's some uh maybe there's something that like inside of me that knows already that maybe I'm done with it. I've thought about this a lot. Uh I'm I kind of had these other ideas and now that I'm seeing that they're like I don't know. It's 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 just <laughs> it just sucks. So that's like a real thing. And and at, the, and at the same time, and this is, I think, maybe the problem, because at the end of this month, at the end of this month, on October 29th, Grading Animals, the, like, a bunch of episodes from season three are also going to be at Starable New York City Festival. Um, so I'm going to get to do a screening of some of the episodes. But, you know... After I went to Duluth, I think more and more I'm feeling like this was like a, th- a two and a half, three year period of my life that I don't feel in touch with right now. So if I'm honest with myself, yeah, for sure, my heart has moved on from grading animals. You know, I think like I think that uh, it was what I it was something that I was like really that I pushed as far as I could go. And I feel like these, like especially today and the, just this looking at the footage, it makes me feel like, oh no, am I pushing this thing 
Like, where is my heart in it? I don't know. Maybe if I looked at the footage and was like, this is the most hilarious thing I've ever seen, uh, then I would feel differently about it. But I don't know. I don't know. So anyway, again, terrible way to start the, the start the show, but this is just where it is. And let's get to the suggestions. Um, first suggestion by the Jason Tate. Thank you so much, Jason Tate. Um, Patreon member. Again, another thing I feel guilty about. But in any case, he suggests zoos. And he says, let's, let's hear about zoos. And so I'm going to do, I'm going to, I'm going to talk about zoos. I actually like zoos. Um, when I, here's, here's like the trajectory of my life. When I was a kid, I loved animals. I think a lot of kids love animals. It's, it's sad that kids don't hold on to their love of animals into adulthood. Um, but zoos were definitely, I mean, I'm, I'm from New York, so I was able to go to like the Bronx Zoo and the Queens Zoo and just, I think, I'm pretty sure the Prospect Park Zoo when I was a kid. All the different zoos we have. Uh, and I loved it. I loved that you could be close to a wild animal. And when you're a kid, the simplicity of just seeing something for real means a lot. Even when I was younger, you know, we didn't have the internet and stuff. So if you happened to catch a show about the thing that you liked, it was magical, you know? So I know there's a lot of people who think zoos should be completely taken away and dismantled. But I think that that's not the best solution because in a lot of ways if it's like um out of sight out of mind if we don't have if we can't see uh with nature then we'll just like our minds will be consumed with more human bullshit and i think the real problem is human bullshit is is the problem people are concerned with human bullshit and we should maybe be concerned a little bit with the world around us uh, because we come from the world around us and we cannot just be a a completely isolated species. Or maybe we can, I don't know. I don't know. But uh, that's like kind of the angle that humans have been going for since, um, since this most recent Bible came out. The most recent Bible, uh, the... the uh, the one that everybody knows, but like as I've said before, that Bible starts off with like nature's bad. So since that time, humans have been trying to get away from nature, and for good reason, because nature's trying to kill them. And nature has always been trying to kill humans. It's a it's a truly love hate relationship. Like humans need to kill nature to survive, and nature needs to try to kill humans to survive. Um, you know that's what that's what life is on the planet survival. And then if you can somehow run away from the thing that is trying to kill you for a little bit, then you can live for a little bit, you know. But then you also got to keep watching your back because ultimately you're going to die. Now, zoos. Zoos fit into this by sort of putting animals in a human-style house where they will not get killed immediately. And when 
an animal is in a human style house and it's not going to be killed immediately, then it starts to um, project its natural anxieties on its new enclosed. You know, for instance, we humans still feel fear and um, you know all the all the needs and urges that were. Uh, when we were wild, when we were truly wild, you know, they were just, they just like exploded out of our, like out of our experience. They were not, um, like if we were afraid of dying, it was like, we're afraid of dying because, you know, the cave, the, the fire in the cave got out of hand and we're choking to death. Or, you know, I mean, I, I think it's trite even to say, but you know, like a saber-toothed tiger or something. You know, back in the caveman times, you were always afraid of a saber-toothed tiger. That was like the worst thing that could happen to you, is getting killed by a saber-toothed tiger. It was one of the number one things to be afraid of back in the caveman times. But now, like I was saying, like the, like the, like the bear, like the tiger at the zoo who lives in a house, we humans live in a house, and we don't have to be afraid of tigers so much. Um, but we still have these overreacting fears and like we have these uh, energies inside of us that that um, that come from what what instincts that we do have. People think that we people think that humans don't have any instincts and that might be true. But we do have remnant psychology from the from our ancestors. It's like, we are imprinted as humans. And I think like one of the things that is very human is to think that they're like to over to like over create the problems where there's no problems. Because now Caps, I'm just gonna stop you there. This is what you're do- what you're going on to right now is kind of the reason why the episode started to suck. Why is that? Uh, because you're going into philosophy caps, and I think that what happens is you start to tread water, but it's it's a little too deep for you. That's totally fair. Um, but I really I really feel like I have some I can I can thread this needle and connect these points. Let's see. Okay. So what I was going to say is that did I was going to say did you read the book The Life of Pi? Are you asking me? I mean no, I mean I'm it's that would be stupid because you are just a figment of my imagination so I know you read it and I know I read it. But I'm like kind of like almost proposing that to the audience. I mean I I don't think though. I don't. If you have read the Life of Pi, that's where I'm going to get this next piece of this. This is how I'm going to attempt to thread the needle on this hypothesis that I have. So in the Life of Pi, um, they say that it's a book about uh, a guy. You know what, Life of Pi. If you're interested in the next part, like look it up. But in any case, in the Life of Pi, the kid is the child of a zoo, like a guy who runs a zoo. And the inciting incident is that they take a boat with all the animals on it, just like the fucking ark from the Bible. And what happens is there's a, a storm and the animals 
they have to get moved onto a smaller boat, a survival boat, and one of the animals is a tiger, and the tiger eats everybody except for the boy who's who survived. And then so it's about a boy and a tiger on a boat in the sea. So it's it's ridiculous, but what happens in it? He's talking about when his parents were had the zoo, and at the zoo he was saying something where you know, when these animals are cooped up, they kind of go insane because they're naturally they naturally need like the stimulus of the wild to keep them like it's almost like that experience, even though it's extraordinarily stressful, they need to be challenged with the wild. Otherwise, they go mental. They go mentally insane. And they were saying that, like birds at the zoo, are so shell shocked of this mindless routine of day to day. Everything's exactly the same. That if you accidentally leave a hose in the uh, in their like enclosure that was never there before, just the difference of that pattern being broken can stress an animal out to the point where it drops dead. And I always thought this was like a very interesting and felt like it was a very, it must be a researched part of the book because I feel like there's something that's true about that. Um, You know, Jan Martel, the author of Life of Pi, won the Pulitzer Prize, or what we call the Pulitzer, but for, for some reason I call the Pulitzer Prize. The Pulitzer Prize sounds like a, the Pulitzer Prize, but of poo, like it's made of shit. But now I don't mean that as a, a, a dig on the book Life of Pi, because uh, it's a very good book. The part, well, the reason I brought the Pulitzer thing up was because I bet you that the guys from the Pulitzer... Uh, prize committee. I bet you they checked up on that fact about the bird about the bird in the enclosure. If you leave the hose there and they freak out and die, I bet you they fact checked that and were like, "This is a good book that has good research." Because I don't think they would let that go. I don't think they would let a fact like that go, and, and or give the book the award if they had a fact in there that was faulty. Like I, don't, I think they'll like let go of the part where like the kid is on a boat with a tiger. And he somehow survives. Like, that's okay. Because it's like fantasy. But I don't think that the author can lie about whether a bird gets, like, um, you know, goes crazy because somebody at the zoo changes its enclosure. Uh, and anyway, uh, the, the thing that I wanted to say about the zoos and how human life is like that was that, you know, we also are like those birds in our in our enclosures in our, you know, cycle of the same shit all the time over and over again, that when that pattern gets broken, um, we, like, freak ourselves out. Because, you know, it's like being out in the world, that would be, that would be, like, um, super painful. Um, you know what, Spencer? I think you're right. I think that, I think I did. I'm just going to... I knew, I told you, I told you, you didn't have it in you to finish it, to figure it out and finish what you were saying. Go for it now. Try to do it. Um, okay, so I guess, what I, I, guess what, what I was going for was trying to say that, you know, um, that what we should be wild, we should be cavemen again. 
Is that what you were trying to say? No, I mean, I think I was just trying to say that, you know, because we live in such a, like, because life is so safe that we create bigger problems for ourselves and we, like, um, we magnify our little problems into crushingly difficult problems and that, you know, it's not that bad. And I think that that's just like how animals must feel in zoos. And I think that's a very good solution to responding to Jason Tate's uh, suggestion. You know what? I think that I agree with that, and I'm going to say good job. Thanks, Spencer. All right, so let's move on to the next uh, suggestion. Um, And this suggestion is from Fuertones. And Fuertones asks about adult Happy Meals. Now, adult Happy Meals, this is from McDonald's, I guess, right? So McDonald's is... I actually have not eaten at... So I'm just going to say I have not eaten at McDonald's since 2003. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I know. I know. Can you believe it? I have not done it. I, I've, and I really, in 2003, 2003, I have not eaten there. I never even set foot. One time I set foot into McDonald's and it was great. And I, the smell drove me out. I couldn't even be in there anymore. That's how, that's how good I, that's how good I am. Don't eat at McDonald's. But, um, but 2003, 2003, that was the last time. That was the last time I did it. Yep. That's true. But when I was a kid, when I was a kid, I did eat at McDonald's, and uh, I did get the Happy Meals. I'll be honest. I had Happy Meals when I was a kid, and when and I think that like I even kept tabs to see if Happy Meals were good in my teen years. Because in my teen years, there were, um, you know, sometimes there were toys to watch. You know, my little sister was a kid that was into Beanie Babies, and... Um, there was a Beanie Baby Happy Meal back when, when I was a teenager. I was really old for it. But I'm pretty sure that I probably had a Happy Meal in my teen years. Anyway, this is just to say that nowadays I heard that there are Happy Meals for adults called adult Happy Meals. And, and Fuertones wants to know what I think about it. Well... I think it's fucking stupid. I think people shouldn't have Happy Meals as adults. I think that it's not for adults. And if you want to have a Happy Meal and you're a grown-up, then I think that you're... I don't know. You know, like, maybe maybe you should, like, get chased by a, a saber-toothed tiger, right? Because... Well, having a happy meal as an adult, that's that's um it's childish. As even though it's called for adults. Now here's the thing. The happy meals must come with toys, collectible toys, right? And I heard that the um I heard that they're gonna reissue some of the old classic toys from back when Happy Meals were for kids, back in the nineteen eighties, forty years ago. And um, I remember one toy 
not the toy Beanie Babies. I remember one toy that I liked. It was a Garfield Happy Meal, where Garfield was on a skateboard, and Garfield could come off the skateboard because of a little hole in his foot. And the skateboard was this little pink skateboard with, like, thick yellow wheels, and it was really balanced great. Like, this skateboard was a million times better than those Tech Deck skateboards that would come out probably, I'm going to say, 10 years after that. If anybody knows what Tech Deck skateboards are, it's like skateboards that you can ride with your fingers, and you could actually do all the same shit that you can do on a real skateboard with just your fingers. But the difference is, on a real skateboard, if you try to do those if you try to do those um, tricks, you would like tear your ligaments off with your knee. Like your knees would get totally fucked up. But when you're doing a skateboard trick with your fingers, you can't hurt your fingers because you're not putting this like the entire weight of a human body on your fingers. You're just sort of driving a toy skateboard around on a table. So tech decks are much safer than real skateboards. But this Garfield toy that had a skateboard on it, that was a much better that was a much better skateboard than the than the Tech Decks, which I don't think they ever made a Tech Deck Happy Meal. I was already way out. As I said, I have not had uh, a Happy Meal. I have not had McDonald's since 2003. Thank you. I know. I know. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. I appreciate it. But getting back to the story, um, so if McDonald's is going to re-release adult Happy Meals and they're going to also put that Garfield toy in there, please... If you're listening and you pay attention to that stuff, could you please let me know? Because I will go into McDonald's and buy that Garfield toy again, if it's exactly the same as a memory of my youth. But I don't think if I go in there and buy, what we could do is, I'll tell you what, if you're out there and you know that the Garfield toy is coming out and you want to have McDonald's, and you don't care about the Garfield toy, then buy it for me, and then I will reimburse you up to $10. If these fucking Happy Meals are like over $10, I don't want any part of it. I'm saying $10 max, and really, that's what I'll buy the Garfield skateboard toy off of you, and you can keep the food. I have no interest in that, because I have not eaten McDonald's since 2003. Thank you so much. Okay. So that was, I feel that was very a good solution to that suggestion. And now I got a bunch of suggestions from Adam Cloud. Shout out Adam Cloud, friend of the show. And also I was in, I actually was in a short film that he made over the summer and which I didn't have like, like a depression about. Uh, I actually had fun when I did it, but Today, when I did my ep- and I won't get into it again, but because you, ju- I did eight minutes up top about it. But Adam Cloud says, "Will I ever direct another black exploitation film?" Okay, so here is something that you guys might know. Jonathan Kaplan, director of Truck Turner, featuring Isaac Hayes, a different Jonathan Kaplan than me. That's right. If you didn't know. 
my this is what I've grown up with. I my name is Jonathan Kaplan, but I I'm I'm called J Caps for Grading Animals. But my my actual original name was Jonathan Kaplan, and I'm not the first Jonathan Kaplan there ever was. In fact, there was a much more successful Jonathan Kaplan in the '70s, and his name was Jonathan Kaplan, and he directed a movie called Truck Turner, which is what's known as a black exploitation movie. Um, which is just like a movie with black people in it, um, but also they're like there's like kind of like a there, there's like a there's like a funky style to it. It's like a '70s funky movie. But anyway, guy with my name directed one of the most famous ones of all time, featuring Yafet Kodo, featuring Isaac Hayes, a movie called Truck Turner. It's even on Criterion. It's one of the best movies of all time. Um, and when I was when I was like 22 years old, a friend of mine got me the VHS of it as a as like a joke. He was like, this is your movie. But at the time, I didn't even know about the movie. I was like, really? There's a guy? I had no idea that there was even another person named me na- with my name. I thought I was the only Jonathan Kaplan that ever existed. Um, so I was like, holy shit, this guy... Um, this guy was like a famous movie director and his name was, he had my name. And of course, this made me sad. Cause like, what's the even point of doing anything anymore? If there was already a guy with your name and he like was way more successful, then what the fuck am I supposed to do? I'm supposed to go on and live my life? How am I gonna do that when I've already, when like I'm not as famous as that guy? And how am I gonna? I can't even direct a black exploitation movie now, because like, it's the moment is over, and it's like another Jonathan Kaplan went in there and he like got all the, he got all the accolades that a Jonathan Kaplan could have. What the hell am I gonna do? This is a long time ago, so I was fell into a deep depression when I saw that, and I was like, damn, like I have to figure out how to reinvent myself for me, because it wasn't like I thought I was gonna be a big famous movie director of black exploitation films. But when I saw that, I was like, shit, man. Like when 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 am I gonna like make my mark on the world? Can I can I make a mark on the world? You know? So to answer your question, Adam Tan, I did not direct uh the movie Truck Turner. But you know, I don't know. After today, after what happened on the basketball court today, I don't know what's going to happen. Okay. And thankfully, thankfully, this is not the only suggestion that Adam Tancloud had given. Because he has another suggestion. He says, did I have a pet as a child? And I'm happy to report. um, I'm happy to report that I did have a pet as a child. It was a cat, a cat named Tabby. Uh, Tabby was a cat, an orange cat, a, an orange Tabby cat. Now, the thing is, is, is Tabby cat, when people say Tabby cat, do they mean like an orange cat with white spots? Because that's what I understand to be a Tabby cat. Or at least that's what I had when I was a kid. We had a cat named Tabby, orange, White white belly, white paws, and we and its name was Tabby. 
Um, and I wasn't sure if it was about the species of cat or if it was just the name that they named it or if that's what a cat that looks like that is. So there's so many mysteries when I think back of my childhood about that cat and what it and what the real story was behind it. But what I did know is that it was it was a pet. Now Tabby was an interesting thing because I remember being like three years old or four years old in uh, my my parents had a van, an Econoline van. It was tan and brown. It was probably from like 1981. And I remember that I was sitting in a bucket in like actually like a, a milk carton in the front. Now this is back when kids didn't have seats like a, like they didn't strap them in like a fucking seat until they were 11 years old. This, we weren't pussies like that. We just like kids could just like flop around in the back of a van and it was totally cool. Um but I remember that my dad and mom pulled over into in an intersection and my dad my dad got out and he scooped up this cat who was a little baby kitten who was in the middle of the road and that's how our cat came into our lives tabby and that was like a that's something that like I will never forget and um when we moved from Queens to Long Island I remember that um Tabby got scared of the new house and uh and it was I, I don't know I think like Tabby Tabby was an interesting cat because Tabby was not Tabby would go out it was not like a completely domestic cat it would go out and then come back and uh when my sister was born Tabby was uh territorial and actually tried to fuck my sister up by giving what t- what Tony Baker would call skibbity paps, which is skibbity paps is where a cat um, throws hands at somebody using like a boxing style punching technique. And um, yeah, I my sister did not have like a friendly relationship with Tabby uh, because Tabby probably saw my sister as its enemy, as its mortal enemy and I guess tried to kill my sister whenever it could. Um and you know, I didn't like that because I'm best friends with my sister and I really I really didn't like that Tabby was trying to you know like assert dominance or something. It's like listen, at the end of the day, you're a cat. Like you don't run the show here. I hate this fucking attitude that a lot of cats have with that that they're like still the king of the jungle and like Cats in your house act like they're the top of the food chain. And it's like, shut the fuck up. You're a cat. You're not that tough, you know? It's actually obscene. It's a truly obscene thing for a cat to behave that way. And, you know, especially... And yeah, sure, I'm pissed off. I'm like, you know, Tabby has since passed on for many years. Tabby's been dead. Um... Tabby got, like, tuberculosis or something. Tabby was, like, by the end of its life, it would just go outside and catch all kinds of diseases out on the streets and then come back for, like, a couple weeks and just be, like, wheezing and have all types of bacteria living in its throat. I don't know. I think Tabby, like, became a junkie at the end of its life. In any case, Tabby was really mean to my sister, 
But we were cool. Tabby was cool with me. When Tabby died when I was 12 years old, it was harrowing. It was it was like the... So my grandpa died when I was five, but I did not understand what was going on. I didn't understand that I would never see him again. It was just like one day he was gone. You know, when you're a five-year-old kid, you're still pretty young. You're still pretty much like an unformed, like, baby. But when Tabby died, I was a 12-year-old kid, and I was more of a fully formed baby. Um, and I cried a lot. I was so hurt by the death of Tabby, especially because it was coming. It was like Tabby was all fucked up and would stay outside and its voice got all screwed up. And, uh, yeah, I was so sad when Tabby died. Um, yeah. Um, so that was the first, that was like the pet that I had when I was a kid. It's nice to remember Tabby. You know, do do the souls of animals, do the souls of animals stay, like, with us? I don't know. The souls of humans, do the souls of humans stay with us? You know, it's funny. People have all these beliefs, and people's beliefs are changing. And most of the things that people believe are pretty stupid. It's mostly just various coping mechanisms. Coping mechanisms being another thing that people believe. But we have these experiences with other living things, and there's, it's just like what I was saying with the caveman. It's like if you can run away from survival for a little moment, then you can actually enjoy and live. And then the experience of living with other people or other animals becomes very special. And we kind of wish we could stay in the pocket of memory in those really special times when we're like apart from survival. And maybe that's the only thing that is real about all these mythologies is that all these mythologies just try to celebrate the feeling of... uh of, like, memory as if it's, like, a permanent or a tangible thing. Cool. I think that was a good... Uh, that's. I think we really talked about whether I had a pet as a child. So that was pretty good. Um, all right. So now the next suggestion is from King Mexico. Also, shout out, King Mexico. King, we're gonna get we gotta get you on the show. We're gonna have a we're gonna have a dual episode with King Mexico soon. I can't wait. It's gonna be great. I just have to solve um my where I'm gonna do shows from. Um so that's like the big thing. I, I don't know. I have to like it doesn't fit in my life right now. It's just upheaval and transition. But in any case, King Mexico asks, can a human end up with rabies? and turn into a zombie? Well, a lot of people ask me this because rabies, believe it or not, is not real. You know that? Rabies is actually, it actually does not exist. People who say that there's something called rabies, 
they're they're actually lying. There's no such thing as rabies. Now, does that mean I'm going to go around and try to get bitten by um by uh what do you call it? like like raccoons and stuff? Do you think I'm going to go out and try to get like chomped by like a pet rabbit or a dog? No. No, because there's there's probably there's probably rabies in that. Like just cuz okay. That's very stupid. I'm sorry. That was that was terrible. That was terrible. And, and you know what? King Mexico, you, you don't deserve that. Now, obviously, there is a thing called rabies. And yes, humans can get it. Um, all you have to do is get bit by an animal who's foaming crazy. If an animal is foaming crazy, then chances are that it's containing rabies inside of that animal. Um, because foam is often... If an animal has foam on its mouth it's most likely due to the rabies, which, what, what is rabies? Is rabies uh, a bunch of bugs that are living inside of the brain of an animal that have taken control of it? Is it, um, is it like a, like a, like a disease, like a flu, like it starts as a cough and then it goes like into the brain. It goes into the mouth first because it makes foam. And then, the animal has so much foam in its mouth that it's like, I have to kill somebody. Is that how rabies... Is is rabies an STD? Is it an animal STD? Like monkeypox? Where it's like... how? Did, by the way, did monkeypox start by by having sex with monkeys? That's just... I, I'm not sure. And I don't mean I don't mean that to be racist, but I, I just forgot about monkeypox for a second, and I was like, that is weird that we had a whole thing with monkeypox before. Now, rabies... Also, like monkeypox, because it might have something to do with animals. A lot of times, rabies has something to do with animals. Here's the thing. I think that if people get rabies, then they become like rabies, which is like a zombie. Um, I think that if you get rabies, then you also try to bite somebody. Um, I also think that's how they came up with vampires. Vampires comes from rabies. Um, So... I'm sorry. I really, I, I feel like I botched that suggestion, but you know what? We just got to plow on. We got to plow on and not worry that sometimes the things we do suck. Um, but King Mexico, that being said, um, I want you to try to stay away from any dogs, cats, uh, raccoons, or rabbits or rock cavies if they have a foaming, if they have a, a latte style foam on the mouth or if they have like a whipped cream on the mouth, any type of any type of white substance that is frothing near the corners of an animal, I really want you and all the listeners to avoid if you can. Because there's one thing that I know I do, I know I joke around on the show a lot. I know I joke around a lot and I and I try to like have this flippant attitude where nothing really matters um, and like I don't know anything, but I do know one thing for sure. Uh, the truth is, is that rabies is real, and it affects all types of animals that are some are domestic, some are not domestic, but they're they're like in the vicinity. And um, you know, I don't want anybody to turn into like like a, like what is that? Like what's that movie where the people are zombies? They're like running around really fast. 
that shit's almost like rabies. It's like 28 hours, days later or something like that. I didn't see it. But I know that there's a movie where something happens like that. Okay, so the next suggestion, and we're really plowing through. We're doing a, we're doing good time right here. Um, the next suggestion comes from um, Matata also. I just really thank you so much. I got the people doing the suggestions this week are longtime friends of the show, and I really appreciate them. But Matata's got a few ideas, and he says, Figs, Fig Newtons, or Isaac Newton. Okay, so this is like real, this is what I'd call Figs, Fig Newtons, or Isaac Newton. And as you know, whenever you have three choices of something, then what you have to default to is a fuck, marry, kill situation. And so you got to think, would you fuck it? Would you marry it for life? Really trying to make the relationship work through thick and thin to death do you part? Or do you kill it in cold blood? Now, we have three choices. We have figs, fig Newtons, or Isaac Newton, who I think Isaac Newton invented the planets. He also invented the microscope. He invented the telescope. He invented the telephone. I think he also invented, like, gravity. He's very important. He's one of the most important. He also, Isaac Newton one time, he wanted to know about rods and cones in the eye, so he took a needle and, like, he stuck it into his eye just to see what he would stop seeing. The guy was fucking wild, dude. Imagine doing that. Imagine caring so much about science that you would, like, stab your own eye out just to see what happens. You got to be committed to the game and and honestly like sometimes i'm like you know when shit gets like i'm never gonna do jackass style shit like that like when the people from jackass were getting famous from fucking like lighting their dick on fire i was like i'm out dude i'm not trying this hard to like like if i get a laugh it's gonna be either from me making some shit on off uh, up off the spot or from me making a, a one to three minute video about animals, right? Those are like the two gimmicks that I usually have going on. And at, and at one point before the pandemic, I did go on stage and do stand up a bunch of times. But, you know, I'm not going to, um, I'm not going to fall down a, a pit of despair right now to think of like to lament all the places where my life are not at. But um, where was I talking about? I'm talking about figs, fig newtons, or Isaac Newton. Who would we, what would we fuck? What would we marry? And what would we kill? Okay. So now figs. Let's start with figs. Figs. I got to give a shout out to the banyan tree. Who? The banyan tree is a tree that like kills other trees, and it also is completely based on a fig economy of getting these flies to like to like, uh, no, these mosquitoes, which are like flies. These mosquitoes, what they do is they inject the figs with their sperm. And their sperm has a chemical reaction with the fig, and the fig turns into this thing called a gall. And the gall is filled with like, it's like a Trojan horse filled with with, with mosquitoes. And they end up, I think either, oh yeah, an animal will eat them, and then like they shit 
the mos- they shit the figs out onto. I don't forgot how the mosquito. Oh, I don't exactly know how the mosquitoes fit into it. I forgot. But um, in any case, figs are a big part of the banyan trees. But also, figs are like delicious to eat. But the problem is, figs are only good delicious to eat when they're dried out, um, and they're filled with seeds. So, they're all right. But they're not like my go-to snack. So, um, I don't know. I'm gonna say, should so now that I'm I'm kind of torn. I'm definitely not gonna marry the figs, but I'm definitely not gonna kill the figs either, which leads me toward fucking the figs. Right? It's interesting. I'm thinking of fucking the figs, but now let's think about um. Let's think about Fig Newtons. Now, Fig Newtons are a cookie that has figs inside of it. But the thing about it is, if I'm honest with myself, I'm not really that into cookies. I actually like cookies a lot less than I like figs. So now I'm thinking, do I fuck the cookies? Because I could consider mushing a bunch of cookies in my hand and then just pushing my dick, my hard dick, obviously, into like a pile of cookies. That doesn't seem like such a bad thing to do. When I think about fucking the figs, it's like figs have a rougher texture, and I just imagine like maybe having some type of chafing like on my on my bare peen, which I don't think I'd enjoy as much. Not that fig newtons have such... Like better texture, but fig fig Newtons have like a softer um, cookie, like the the cookie of it is is soft. So I think that like hopefully it won't react. Hopefully the sugars on the fig won't react with my penis. It's actually it's giving me a little bit of pause, which whether I should fuck the with the figs or the fig Newtons because I'm not sure. I, do I get to cover? my peen with a condom if I'm going to fuck... I guess I could. If I'm going to fuck... If I'm going to have a one-night stand with either figs or fig newtons, I guess there's nothing wrong with having safe sex. So, in this scenario, I think I will wear a condom just to protect myself from both the roughness of the figs and whatever sugars and chemicals that are put onto the fig newtons. So, as it stands now, I'm going to fuck either the fig newtons or the figs. And I think I'll... I think now that I'm deciding to have safe sex with the fig Newtons, I think I'll, I'll fuck the fig Newtons. All right, cool. I'm going to fuck the fig Newtons. Then I think that I'm going to marry the figs. Because when it comes down to it, um, I, you know, I think that I can, if I had figs around more, I would eat them. Like, I enjoy that type of raisinish type of not too sweet. I, I enjoy it. And also, I do like banyan trees. I don't like that they kill all the other trees, but I think they're cool. There was they're a cool story. So what I'm saying is that maybe, you know, even though they're not my favorite dessert, they are a dessert that I do like. And they have a lot of other admirable qualities, and maybe I'll marry them. And then what brings me to the last one, which is Sir Isaac Newton, who is, a, like I said, a, a celebrated 
scientific guy, done a lot of stuff for the scientific community. Um, really, like, if it weren't for Sir Isaac Newton, we would be in a much worse place probably society-wise, because like I said, he invented like the telephone, the television. He invented like telescopes. Pretty much anything with the prefix telly, you know that Sir Isaac Newton had a big part to do with that. He invented like gravity. He invented all this important shit that we use every single day, right? And I'm just like, you know, what did that do for us? What did that do? What did all those, all those inventions do but make our lives a lot easier but we were still holding the the like the uh caveman style reactions from back before we had any of that stuff and maybe now with sir isaac newton dead we can go back to enjoying the moments after we have run away from a saber-toothed tiger and have thrown off survival and can actually enjoy our lives. So that's pretty much, I'm going to say that we got to the end of another episode without me uh, totally flipping out on myself, so that's great. And um, yeah, uh, I, I'm now not sure how this new Grading Animals episode is going, so it gives me pause. It makes me a little scared. Uh, but if it turns out, but I think I'm still gonna I'm gonna finish it and then I'm gonna put it out and who knows maybe that will be maybe that will be the last grading animals episode I don't know we'll see we'll see how I feel about it but it is weird um, and that's how I'm feeling this week thank you so much for listening uh, if you are listening let me know um, thank you so much and talk to you later.